Now, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Thank the Lord you're, a, you're to show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Thank God that's who you are. That's how you should see yourself. That's the position that you should walk in. Not in that I'm barely getting along and that I only have so much money in my monthly budget. And you know what? If I get sick, that's really going to blow our budget because I'm going to have to go to the doctor. That's not the way God sees it. That's just not the way he sees you. He sees you as a child of God. And here in Deuteronomy uh, uh, chapter 30, the Bible says in verse 19, he said, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you. <laughs> Are you with me? That I have, everybody say past tense, that God has already done this, called uh, heaven and earth as a witness. And has set before you, God has set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore, everybody say it, choose, choose life that both you and your children, your descendants may live. Thank the Lord that you have a choice. And I have a choice, and I'm going to choose the life. The Bible says, Jesus said, that I have come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to choose that life, the Zoe kind of life. I'm not going to choose the, the discouraging, the depressing, the downtrodden, the uh, uh, degraded, the degenerated, all the D words. Are you with me here? I'm going to choose the L words, the life of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk in that life. I'm going to enjoy that life. I'm going to take the position that God has given me, and I'm going to accept it. I'm going to choose it. And you see, that's one big revelation. And thank the Lord that people need this revelation that God is a choice and his benefits and his blessings are a choice and he has provided for you victory. Now, I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm saying that, that you know what? Great battles result in great victories. And I'm, I'm all up for a big battle, okay? Bring it on. Because I haven't had one for a while. All right? Amen. And uh, you know what? I like to fight. Hallelujah. I love it. I love to tell the devil who he is and who I am. I love to stand in the presence of God and, and stand behind the leg of Jesus and say, come and get me if you can. Uh, somebody well, that's pretty arrogant, Pastor Mike. No, it's who I am. Hey Amen, it's who I am. <laughs> well, that's pretty, you know, boisterous and pretty full of pride. No, it's just who I am. Trust me. I'm not that anybody that's a big shot. Uh, I just thank the Lord that, that we can be victorious. Now, what I'm saying here is that it's not always easy to live in what God has called you to live in. That's what I'm saying. Uh, many times people have a hard time. And uh, 
there's been times in my life where I had to be so repetitive of God's word that that's just about all I had time to do. And I, and because I didn't want to have the results of the circumstances, you see, uh, we're to live and take what we have. And you are a child of God and you have privileges that belong to you. And you see, it's not arrogant for Tara to say, that's my dad. And if I really need help, he'll help me. All right. And, uh, as a child of God, you don't have to ask anybody. No one has to tell you to take advantage of the benefits of your right, family rights. You just take right of your family rights, your benefits. It's yours. You're welcome. You can ask. And as a citizen of the kingdom of God and living in the kingdom of God, there are certain privileges. And you see, we're not concerned about certain privileges because we know that they're ours. We don't have to worry about the, 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 the uh, Jesus said, take no thought for the moral because it'll take care of itself. We don't have to be concerned because that's the kingdom that we live in. And when you're born into a family, thank the Lord, there are privileges, or when you are adopted into a family, there are privileges that come along with that. Not only are there privileges, but you are born in with all the bad things too. Come on, help me out. Now, we, we know family members, we've not family members, but we've seen families where the, they just cannot get along. Are you with me here? I mean, one sister hates the other sister, and the sister that hates the other sister uh, hates the brother. Come on. And they all hate each other. They can't even sit down at the table and have dinner. All right. And, but that's not the way it is in God's kingdom. We're children of God. And uh, we have privileges that belong to us, positive and negatively. And now we carry the name of Jesus. And now we're sons and daughters of God. Thank the Lord. And if you think with me, people who are born into royalty are born with certain privileges and certain uh, things that, that's, that they have access to. You know, we saw Hussein, uh, excuse me, uh, Gaddafi this week murdered. And, you know, he said, don't kill my children. And what he was saying, look here, they have the right to this heir, this kingdom, don't kill them. But, you know, they didn't have the right to it, okay? They're, they're with them. And what I'm saying is, is that if you live uh, at the White House, you have certain privileges that belong at the White House. And let me say something. If you live at your house, you have certain privileges uh, because of what belongs to you. And when you live at the house of the Lord and in the kingdom of God, you have certain privileges that belong to you. And... Uh, Thank the Lord that as a child of God, you carry certain privileges that go along with the name. So stop complaining about trials. Stop complaining about temptations and tests and just be who you are and realizing that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers from, from them all. And in this world, you'll have tribulations, but be of good cheer because I've overcome. And thank the Lord that now that we're children, we can act like children. Everybody say, act like children. All I got to say is just let God be God, okay? Just let him. And if you let him, 
you will act like a child of God. And let me ask you this, do your children belong in your house? Hey, man, they belong there. Do they open the door and they go, ah, uh, uh, can I come in, Dad? No. Walk right in. Give me a hug. Give Mom a hug and Dad a hug and hug each other and sit down at the table because that's what their privileges are, all right? Walk up to the cupboards and say, I need a little of this, a little of that. There's no timidity. There's no fear. Just plain joy. Thank the Lord. And that's the way it is with God's house, too. And um, thank the Lord that uh, we can be a child of God and act like a child of God. And thank the Lord that you are a child of God. Everyone say that. I don't know about you, but that excites me to know who my dad is and me see myself as his very own child, the son of him. And very exciting to me to think about he is my father, my very he own heavenly father that loves me and takes care of me and will protect me because I know how much I'll be over all over you when you try to harm or come against one of my children. Come on, help me out. I'm going to be on you like white on rice, what I said. This isn't going to happen, okay? You're going to have to have deal with all the fury of me and Yvonne, and uh, it's not going to be pretty. That's all I got to say. And that's the way it is with God. I know who is my father. So number one, you're a child of God, and number two, you're to be uh, holy and obedient. Well, okay, pastor, holy, okay, but obedient? Hmm, sometimes. You know, the Bible says in, in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, that if you be holy and obedient, if you w be willing and obedient, that you'll eat the good of the land. Isn't that right? Well, you know, uh, one time I thought, you know, okay, Lord, I'll be obedient, and you know, I'm really happy with what's happening. And, and uh, you know, there's this one area that's not working, and I'm being obedient in every way that I can. He said, yeah, you're being obedient, but you're not being willing. And it didn't take me long to get willing to be obedient. Did you know there is an attitude that goes along with obedience? And did you know that that attitude is a choice? And that today you have a choice. You have a choice to be willing and obedient, a good submissive child or you have one that says okay if you're gonna make me I'll do it I'll clean I'll take out the trash or you can just take out the trash with joy you can you can paint the house you can do whatever it is and you see you're to be holy and obedient and this means that it's going to cross what you want to do when you're holy and the Bible tells us that we're to pick up our cross daily and bear it. And, you know, many times people have idolized and brought the place of a cross to a symbol that's beautiful. But how many of y'all know that it's not a beautiful symbol? It's a symbol of reproach and it's a symbol of death. And Jesus on the garden of, in the garden of Gethsemane prayed three times, said, Lord, if there's any way to get me off this cross, just don't do it. 
And you know why that they, they nail people to the sacrifice, you know why they nail the sacrifice uh, to, the, uh, to the cross or to the offering, the burnt offering is because the sacrifice wants to crawl off before it's crucified. And we have to pick up our, pick up our cross, crucify our flesh, tell our flesh, no, I'm going to be holy and I'm going to be obedient. I choose to be holy. I choose to be obedient and thank the Lord we can do that. Now look at first Peter chapter one with me. You see so many times people get in this uh, mentality of, you know, I, I just never get there. Are you with me? I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying, okay? Well, that's the difference between putting yourself in the position that God has called you and the excuses that you're making. And once you put yourself in the position that God has called you to, everything falls in place. The Bible says in 1 Peter, therefore gird up the loins of your mind. Everybody say, my mind. In other words, you're not to just let your mind go anywhere. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy because I am holy. He didn't say to try, he said to be holy. And being holy is accepting what God has given you and rightfully taking that place. And let me say something, just as much of a lie as it was that when the devil told you that when you come to Christ, all this that you have, you're going to have to give it up and you're gonna to have to follow Christ. And when you came to Christ, you realized that all of that was a lie, come on. The same is with accepting a holy life. The devil will tell you that you will uh, be missing out on all of these things, and when you uh, actually start to live and live in the position of being holy, telling your flesh, recrucifying your flesh, that you realize that, you know what? That was a lie of the devil. I can be holy. I can live in the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. You see, the problem, people do not take responsibility for their own actions. And when we talk about crucifying the flesh and living a holy life, living a separate life, there's no escape hatches. There's, uh, we have to get rid of the devil's excuses and we're supposed to be holy because the Bible told us to. Now, if you think with me, if you think in line with God's word to be holy, your attitude will have a lot to do with it. And again, we read, we read, we're going to come next Sunday. Pastor Mike, would you not beat us up next Sunday if I come back, please? No, I'm talking, I'm saying, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, listen, holiness is a good thing. And just because you fail doesn't mean that you're not holy. All right? And, you know, I'm the one that will teach grace 
beyond where people are going, you're just going too far teaching grace, Pastor Mike. You can't give them that much room. That's who I am, okay? I, am I? Bonnie, Bonnie told me that anyway. No. Sometimes, you know, here's the, here's the great fact of God, okay? God's grace, God's love covers a multitude of sins. And no matter how ignorant you are or how rebellious you are, God is always there. Thank you, Father, is right. And you know what? The shackles that the devil once had on me, the hold that he once had on me, he doesn't have anymore. And thank God I've been delivered. And thank God uh, I'm progressing. And if you can see yourself progressing, and I see everyone in here progressing, hallelujah. So you're good, hallelujah. So when we talk about living holy, you know, the Bible talks about what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And, and thank the Lord we can do that. And, uh, you know, God made us the temple of the living God. And God has something to say about what the temple looks like and what the temple does. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 5. We'll cut that part out. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 talks about that you are the salt of the earth. And salt on food affects the taste of food. And salt, salty ham, anybody had salty cured ham? Of course you have. If you're salty, you'll affect the people that's around you. And if there's no salt, well, you might just taste, you might be a little bit taste funny, all right? <laughs> And here's what I'm saying, as the salt of the earth, we should be affecting people around us. And uh, you don't have to preach to people. People know that you're the light. People know that you're the salt of the earth. And when they see who you are, you, let me say this. One person said, uh, I would rather listen, I, I would rather watch how you live than listen to you preach. And you know what? And people out there in the world and even in the church, you know, they're looking at how you act, not what you say. Amen. And uh, thank the Lord we're walking in love. And here in Matthew chapter 5, uh, down in verse 13, the Bible says that you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but thrown out and trampled upon underfoot by men. So we want to keep your saltiness. Verse 14, you're the light of the world, a city on a hill that can, cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and, and it gives light to all who are in the house, in the home. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men. Everybody say before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And you are the light of the world. You are. And uh, when, I'm in, when I'm in the world situation, I, in other words, when I'm outside of the church, when I'm at Walmart or I'm at some place of employment or wherever, I'm not thinking, how am I going to get these people saved? I'm thinking, 
God is going to save these people. And uh, Lord, let me be a light. Let them see you in me. Lord, let them want you because of what you've done in me. And I don't deny the power of God. I, I enjoy the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if someone asks, I will be the first to tell them why I'm saved, why I do what I do, why I go about, why am I praying? You know, the other day I was in, in without reaction, with you know, uh, involuntary. Has anybody ever said, yeehaw, you know, or whatever? I was outside and I said, glory to God. And everybody looked at me like, and then I realized what I did, you know, and I wasn't trying to be religious or anything. It just came out. I was having a good time, all right? And uh, uh, people see those things. And, you know, before you know it, somebody's going to come up to you and say, hey, can, you know, you, you believe in God, will you pray for me? And then there's going to be others that shun you and run from you because of what you represent and who you are. And then there's going to be other people that's going to say, you know what? I want what that person has. And that's what, that's how we lead people to Christ. You talk about outreach. It's, you know, tracks are great. Knocking on doors are great. And, uh, you know, tell, standing on Sandusky Street and William Street is great. But let me tell you what's better. Someone seeing Jesus in your life and saying, hey, I want what Miss Ramona has. Hallelujah. That joy that she has, that peace that I see in her life, only comes from God, hallelujah. And you know what? It's a good thing, and I want that. That is how we are to lead people to Christ. And you know, not only that, when they come to church, they're going to say, you know what? They love each other. They take care of each other. And praise the Lord, there's no big eyes and little me's. There's no clicks, and thank the Lord, I'm welcome. And you are welcome, praise the Lord. So light dispels the darkness, and if you think with me, what should we be doing? We should be a burning torch, hallelujah, and you need to stay lit, and you need to stay charged, and one of the great things about uh, staying charged is that the Bible tells us in Jude chapter 20, excuse me, verse 20, to, to pray in the Holy Spirit, building yourself up in the most holy faith. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse uh, 19, be not drunk with wine, wear an excess, or with debauchery, or, uh, uh, but be filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Be filled. Allow the Spirit of God to fill your life. And, you know, there's the law of displacement. And the great thing about ministry to other people is not you're ministering on what you have, but you're ministering out of the overflow that you have. And it's the overflow that people see dribbling around going, maybe I could get a little bit of that. Can I have an amen? amen. And that's what we want. We don't want to minister from, from our resources. We want to re, re, minister from the overflow. Uh, you know, my, the Lord is my shepherd, and my cup runneth over. Hallelujah. My cup runneth over. So you're to be separate. Now, uh, you're to turn to 2 Corinthians with me. And we're just going to go ahead and... Finish this. Is that all right? You're to be legible in, in, in your Christian character. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3, the New Living Translation reads it like this. They can see that you're a letter from Christ. <laughs> Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ. Say that with me. I'm an epistle of Christ. 
ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh that is of the heart. Now look at chapter 6 there, would you, please? You're to be sick. You're to be eligible. Excuse me. You're to be legible. Thank you. You're to be separate. You're to be holy. Uh, chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians, beginning in verse 16, it says, In what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Oh, hallelujah. Therefore, come out from among them, did you hear that? And be separate. Separate. Everybody say separate. separate. Says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Verse 18, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. Let me say, you're to be separate, and if the only difference between you and the world is that you say that you're a Christian, something's wrong. You should look different, talk different, smell different, and act different, and you're the light of the world, and you're members of the body of Christ. The Bible says that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, that you're fitted joint together and that you make increase uh, of the body unto edifying itself by love. You're, you're, you're individual members and you're fitted together. Praise the Lord. And we're to be different and we're to be separate. And one more passage of scripture that just came to me, Hebrews chapter 12, you're going to have to find your Bibles there. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. Is that okay? Because you have your Bible. And thank the Lord for this. So what holiness is, is living separate. You know, in the world, there, there are people that, like I said, some when you when you live a holy life, some people are attracted to it, and some people are run from you, all right? And those people that run from you are the people that, you know, think that, you know, you're just a little bit stuck up maybe. But you're not stuck up because I just don't want part of that, all right? And, uh, you know, I remember one time there was a conversation, and, and I just really didn't want to be a part of that conversation, and so I kind of took five steps back and the people that, you know, squint when I come because they, you know, that I'm a Christian. Let me tell you, I don't, I don't, I don't Bible beat anyone. I'm telling you, I do not do it. <laughs> but I would like to, Tim, if you want to be a recipient, you know, anybody. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Sorry, Tim. Anyway. Uh, no, let's get serious here. Uh, what I'm saying is that, that uh, the people, people will, you know, if they, if they hate God, they're going to hate you when you're separate. And you know what? It's okay. Because Jesus said that, there's going to be people that's going to hate you. And you know what? When they hate you because you're separate, just think, hey, I'm on the right track. Hallelujah. It's a good thing. I mean, Jesus said they hated me and they're going to hate you. But look at this in verse 14. It says, uh, pursue peace with some people. Oh, thank you. Pursue peace with all people, and that word italicized is people, 
pursue peace with all. Pursue holiness. Isn't that right? Is what it says? Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Say that with me. And we'll see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up and cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Let me say something. Is that, um, you know, without holiness, Jesus said that there's going to be many that come into, the, uh, into heaven and they're going to say, uh, uh, who are you? I never knew you, worker of iniquities. And uh, there's, a, there's an awesome thing. And let me say this. It's attainable for every, each and every one of us. And it's a good thing. And uh, uh, it's the design of God. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy and that we can live holy. Lord, if there's someone here today that needs to um, uh, uh, get their life right with you, thank you, God, that we can do that. And uh, Lord, if there be someone here that would like to consecrate themselves to you, as we did last week in consecrating ourselves to love, I would ask if they would consecrate themselves to live holy. And if that would be you, and I would like everyone to repeat this so no one is singled out, if you would like to make a consecration of living holy, repeat these words after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I give my life to you, and I set my life before you. Today, Jesus, I'm going to choose life. I'm going to step out of this worldliness into your holiness. I'm going to be holy. I'm going to set myself apart for you. I choose to be holy. Heavenly Father, have your Holy Spirit help me and show me to live holy. Thank you, Father, for the benefits of living in your kingdom. Thank you, Father, that I'm a child of you.